This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would once again speak to us through it by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. After their escape from slavery in Egypt, God's people spent 40 years wandering in the desert. 40 years, that's a long time. That's longer than half of you have been born. And the reason that they spent so long in the wilderness, sadly, was because of their disobedience and because of their lack of faith and trust. And furthermore, it needn't have been that way. Not long after they had escaped from Egypt and crossed through the Red Sea, Moses had sent spies to check out the land. And when they came back, they brought mixed reviews. Caleb and Joshua said, this is amazing. We must move forward straight away. This is incredible. A land flowing of milk and honey. And then some of the others said, oh no, we couldn't possibly go. It's full of giants and we don't stand a chance. And so there followed this 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. But eventually, they find themselves on the threshold of entering the promised land. Moses will soon be leaving them. He's nearing the end of his life and he will not be the one to lead them uh, into the promised land. This then is the context for today's passage from Deuteronomy. The people are anxious, the future is uncertain, and no one seems to know who they can really trust. Sounds kind of contemporary, familiar, doesn't it? Who can we trust? What should we do when leaders let us down? How do we take the next steps in our lives when there's so much uncertainty? In the passage before us today, Moses is teaching about the importance of listening and discerning the truth. He's instructing the people, preparing them for what lies ahead. Through Moses, God promises the people a new leader, a leader they should listen to, a leader that they can trust. And so we find that today's scriptures, both the one from Deuteronomy and the passage from Mark, are all about authority. Authority we can trust, authority that is dependable, authority that is just and good and right, and authority that may also be uncomfortable, exacting, and which demands faithful obedience. This is such a timely word for us today. Who do you trust? To which voices? Are you listening? The role of the prophet of old, like that of the preacher today, is to speak God's word in season and out of season, whether people want to hear it or not. I am mindful of the weight of responsibility that falls on anyone who would preach. 
The task entrusted to the preacher is to balance rightly the prophetic role, declaring God's word, with the pastoral role of declaring that word with love. So by way of example, faithful Christian preachers must always proclaim without wavering God's righteousness and justice alongside God's heart for the poor, the downtrodden, the weak, the vulnerable. The truth must always be preached that all people are made in the image of God. All life from conception to death is precious to God. The preacher must further declare that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that Jesus will come again to judge the world, that all must repent and believe in Jesus, the one who is the only way, the truth, and the life, and that there is no salvation except through Jesus, by his death on the cross and his glorious resurrection. The preacher must exercise this fearless prophetic role alongside the pastoral role. That role which is not presumptuous nor judgmental, does not show partiality, but is compassionate, gracious, kind, and merciful. English pastor theologian John Stott wrote, the authority by which the Christian leader leads is not power, but love. Not force, but example. Not coercion, but reasoned persuasion. Leaders have power, but power is safe only in the hands of those who humble themselves to serve. The preacher should take care, therefore, and in Deuteronomy 18, verse 20, that we heard earlier, we read these words, any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet should die. These are sobering words. Moses then asks this rhetorical question. You may say to yourself, how can we recognize a word that the Lord has not spoken? We live at a time in our nation when many false prophets have proclaimed many things as if they were from the Lord. Everyone who claims Jesus as their Lord and is therefore under the authority of God's word must test the voices of prophets, preachers, and any leader who claims to speak for God. And Moses sets out for us a threefold test for determining whether or not to trust those who claim to speak in God's name. First, in verse 20, if they speak in the name of other gods, don't listen to them. Now, other gods could be all kinds of things. They might be materialism, or nationalism, or a particular party platform. Other gods might be 
those things or people that proclaim a gospel of self, self-actualization, self-reliance, self above all others. Second, also in verse 20, we should reject any prophet or preacher who presumes to speak in God's name a word that God has not commanded that preacher to preach. And that perhaps begs the question, well, how would we know? Well, simply put, we should test the word delivered against God's word already revealed in Scripture. Anything contrary to that, we should ditch. Third, verse 22, we can further test whether a prophet or preacher is trustworthy by seeing whether that which they say proves to be true. Moses says, if a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, but the thing does not take place or prove true, it's a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be frightened by it. I love that final sentence. Do not be frightened by it. People are going to say all kinds of things, make all kinds of promises, and many of them are not true. Things that are promised aren't happening, perhaps. Well, that's a good sign that it wasn't true. You know, there have always been false prophets preaching false words, claiming that they were speaking for God. Today's methods may have changed via highly organized, massively funded campaigns using mailings, radio, TV, social media, etc. But the manipulative, false, fear-mongering words of today are not really so very different from the words of every false prophet before. Do not be frightened by them. In times of finger-pointing, mistrust, and fear, Today's scriptures I find to be a healing balm and a reminder to us to stay steady and keep our eyes on the one who is utterly trustworthy, the one whom God through Moses said would come, and that's Jesus. As unique, as special, and as wonderful as Moses was, God promised his people an even better prophet. There'd be some similarities between Moses and this better prophet, but the coming prophet would be even more one of a kind than Moses. Like Moses, God would choose him personally. Like Moses, he would be from God's people. Like Moses, he would speak God's word. But he would do these things way better than Moses ever could. Now, for us, as we read these words from Deuteronomy today, looking back, we know that this new and better prophet was, of course, Jesus. And yet, as is so often true of Old Testament prophecy, it gets fulfilled more than once. Because immediately after Moses, God raised up Joshua. And he was the one to lead the people into the promised land. And after Joshua, there followed many more faithful prophets. But the final prophet was Jesus. The message of God through Moses to the people of Israel was that they should trust God for the future and listen only to the true prophets that he would raise up. And the message to us today is surely that we too must trust God for the future and listen 
to the words of Jesus, the one of whom Moses prophesied. In our gospel reading this morning, we see something of the authority of Jesus himself. The scribes and the Pharisees were pinning their hopes on keeping all the rules and seeking to live life perfectly. But their power and rules and structures did not come close to equating to real authority. St. Mark tells us that Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. He doesn't tell us here what it was that he taught, but we know from just a few verses before that Jesus had been teaching that the kingdom of God was at hand and that all should repent and believe in the good news. Yet whatever Jesus taught in the synagogue at Capernaum, we learn in verse 22, they were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. His very presence was authoritative. But his authority was not like that of some false prophet or cruel ruler. No, Jesus came to bring freedom. Freedom from all that would oppress, freedom from sin, freedom from guilt, freedom from addictions, freedom from shame, freedom from the forces of evil. And that's what we see demonstrated so powerfully in this account. As Jesus is teaching, a man interrupts and yells, what have you got to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Now, there was someone who recognized authority. The Bible teaches that the demons believe in God and shudder. As well, they might. In the synagogue at Capernaum, Jesus commands the unclean spirit to be silent and to get out of that man. And the unclean spirit, verse 26, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. I suspect some people read that account today and maybe try to find a way to explain it, or maybe even explain it away. Perhaps this man was emotionally disturbed or mentally ill. Well, perhaps he was. And yet we would be wise to recognize the reality of the forces of evil in our world. If we want to find answers to the rising violence and breakdown in authority in our nation, then we would do well to heed the words of the scriptures. In Ephesians 6, St. Paul writes, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And there are so many ways that the forces of evil seek to have a hold over us. You know, we talk about the for 
in that passage, the forces of evil in the heavenlies. But, you know, they get played out here, now, in our lives, around us. And so at a personal level, we encounter real evil, perhaps in our thoughts, desires, behaviors, that prevent us from being all that God wants us to be. And at a societal level, we may encounter evil. We may encounter economic or political forces that in fact are evil in the ways that they enslave or oppress. We need to take the demonic seriously and acknowledge the impact that evil has on our lives and in our community. When Jesus sent out his first disciples to tell others the good news of God's kingdom, he sends them out with a warning. I'm sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And with this warning, Jesus also tells them not to fear. For the Holy Spirit will be with them, and the Holy Spirit will help them to know what they should say. And so likewise for us today, we need not be immobilized with fear. Jesus is more powerful than any other power. He has the authority over every evil. So how are we to respond to this? Well, perhaps we might start by asking ourselves, who or what has ultimate authority over my life? And really answer it, not just, not just looking for the right answer here. Who has authority over you? Is it my work? Is it my self-image? Is it my family? Is it my fears? Or is it? really Jesus? Who do you turn to for help in times of uncertainty or fear or chaos? The warning of Moses to the people of Israel all those years ago was not to go chasing after false prophets and false solutions. Our hope is not in our politicians. Our wealth is not there either ourselves no our hope is not in any secret knowledge or new truths our hope is not in false and empty promises our hope is in god alone and so the challenge before us today is to put our whole trust in christ on whom or what will you depend who will you trust? Look to Jesus. He is real authority. He is the one who knows you and loves you and gave his life for you. Trust him. Listen to him. Follow him. Obey him. May we learn to submit first and foremost to Jesus and to his authority. And I close with these words of former missionary and writer Elizabeth Elliot. Until the will and the affections are brought under the authority of Christ, 
we have not begun to understand, let alone to accept his lordship. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please help us to submit our wills and affections to the authority of Jesus. Increase our trust in you this week. Send us out in the power of your Holy Spirit to do the work you have called us to do and to be like sheep in the midst of wolves, wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.